Rusty Quill presents. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, Plug Quickly here with some quick plugs. I'm still streaming on Twitch over at twitch.tv slash wobegonpod. Every Sunday afternoon, I write that week's episode soundtrack, and then I hang out with chat and we play a game. We just finished Typing of the Dead Overkill, and I'm trying to get the original Typing of the Dead working. So go follow me at twitch.tv slash wobegonpod if you want to come hang out. 
And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com slash woe underscore begone, where you can get early access to ad-free episodes, instrumental, soundtrack albums, Q&As, director's commentaries, movies with Michael, meditations with Michael, postcards, and more. Have you ever wanted to meditate with Michael? $10 and up patrons have access to an exclusive meditation track voiced by the cowboy himself. So check that out if you want to relax. That is patreon.com slash woe underscore begone. Special thanks to my 10 newest patrons. Is Woe Begone still a podcast? I'm Going to Kill Eagle, Stone Blue Rue, Charm Cochran, Males is Spiteful, Sarsley Jadelshez, Moth Mam, and Caroline Olset fulberg Abby Conzen, and Kevin Stipek for supporting the show. Enjoy. I did not take well to the consolidation. The physical process went fine. Edgar is very good at what he does. He did a great job. Love that guy. That week, I had watched him consolidate the others in his basement, which was my bedroom. Chance, Shadow, who are back to being Chance and Shadow now. We are not doing two Chris's and Ryan's. And Marissa. We were still waiting on Jam to get back from vacation. I watched them transform, from being curious about that weird little guy who told them that he was Boone Grizzly Babcock, to trusting Edgar that they would want to know what happened in the previous timeline, to being fiercely loyal to the cause of returning there and saving Mike Walters. Mike Walters being the real name of Boone Grizzly Babcock, as far as you know. Saving my life wasn't the only reason to return there. I got the impression that there were some inner office politics where everyone hated H and Eagle, but I do think that I was a large part of what we were fighting for, especially for Edgar and August. Each of them said the same disconcerting thing after they regained the memories of their previous selves. Mikey, and they all called me Mikey, which I hated at the time, should absolutely not be consolidated. We'll fix the timeline, and he'll get those memories back the relatively old-fashioned way, and it'll be terrible for him, but we can deal with it then after we're successful instead of now while we're trying to prepare. Now that I have the memories, I get it, but I found their universal response distressing. Was this timeline even worth going back to? Was this even about me, or was this just a smokescreen for something that they wanted to do? Would I even want to return to that timeline? I didn't know. I was relying on Edgar. And that was because I was stuck in Edgar's basement. I wasn't locked in there or neglected or anything like that. It was for my safety. I was well aware that there were people who would kill me on the spot and then kill Edgar for harboring me. Eagle actually did swing by after work one day to drop some stuff off. He came in and had coffee with Edgar. They went into the room right above the basement. I could hear them. Eagle sounds like a really nice guy. I hate that. It wasn't an overabundance of caution or some hypothetical situation that kept me down there. There was real danger. But being secluded in that basement, I didn't have anyone to bring my concerns to that weren't already involved in the mission. I wished that I'd had Matt or Anne, but I didn't, so I went to Edgar. I was upstairs. We were sitting on the couch after dinner. I would stay up there for a couple hours and then head back down to the basement. I want to be consolidated, I said. Now. I want to know what you're all working toward. Are you sure, Mikey? You've been through a lot, and it will be difficult to process as long as we're in this timeline, he said. Have Chris and Ryan not been through a lot? I asked. I didn't know yet that they were Chance and Shadow. Or Marissa? Them having their memories helps us with the mission. Why can't I have mine? I knew that I was right, but speaking to Edgar like this still made me feel like a petulant child who was asking for an extra scoop of ice cream. You don't understand, 
A lot means something different for my Mikey Bear than it does for everyone else, he said. Of course I don't understand. You won't let me understand, I said. There are worse things than not understanding, Edgar said. I felt him inch away from me on the couch. Edgar, is this all a trick? Am I a pawn in your bigger plans? You just need me for something else and you can discard me after it's done? Is that it? I could feel my face getting hot. I wasn't sure that I believed anything that I was saying. I was angry. I had been cooped up in the basement for weeks and it was having an effect on my temper, no matter how well I understood that it was important to be down there. I had no outlet. Mikey, of course not. Edgar was vulnerable. I pushed harder. You already killed two iterations of me, I snarled. And now you're going to dangle me over Eagle like a piece of chum while the rest of you transport to safety. Is that it? You didn't want to save me. You stole me from Jamila so you could use me in your little games. You aren't any different than Wobegon. Are you going to kill me too, Edgar? Are you going to kill me again? Because you already did once and it didn't seem to bother you. I wasn't far off from going back to my room and slamming the door, except I would have to roll up a whole rug in order to get back to the basement, and by the time I slammed the door, the dramatic energy would have dissipated. Edgar turned away from me while I spoke. He pulled his legs up onto the couch. I couldn't see his face. I heard him sniffle. He was crying. I hadn't seen Edgar cry in that timeline. Not even on the night that he iterated me and then killed the other iteration. I didn't know what to do. Saying sorry felt like a pointless, knee-jerk reaction. I might as well open my mouth and try to fan the words back in with my hands. And worst of all, I couldn't leave. I lived there, and it was very important that I continue to do so. I stood up from the couch. Look, Edgar, I'm a shitty person. You know me better than I do. You probably already knew that. I'm scared and confused, and I'll be in the basement if you need me. I'm scared too, Edgar said. I can't watch you get hurt anymore. I need my Mikey bear back. I'll be in the basement if you want to help me understand, I said. Edgar came down into the basement about an hour later. The lights were off. I had been sulking. I'm sorry, Edgar, I said. I didn't want to say sorry earlier because I wasn't sorry enough yet. He brushed off my apology. Do you want to get consolidated, Mikey? We can do it right now. I don't want to do it if you don't want to do it, Edgar, I said. I do want to do it, but you're going to be a mess, he said. It's going to get nasty. When I was consolidated, it was the worst week of my life, thinking about you and what all we went through and trying to figure out how this happened. But I'll have my Mikey bear and you'll have your panther. Jamila comes back from satellite base in less than 48 hours. You'll have to be in fighting condition by then. I can't promise that, Edgar. I don't know what I don't know, I said. You can do it. We'll have each other. That's why I did this in the first place, he said. Then let's do it, I said. I trust you, Edgar. I want to be as helpful as I can be for the mission. I love you, Mikey Bear, he said. I'll say it back to you once I can remember, I said. Edgar gathered what was needed for the consolidation, which required transporting to base and back, opened a transient iteration of the timeline, iterated the mic inside, and consolidated that mic with me. The consolidation happened instantaneously once Edgar pushed the button. I became the mic from that timeline, and he became me. That feeling became familiar. The other mic had been through this sort of thing countless times before. It was still too much to handle, even having his experience. Edgar was standing beside me. I steadied myself on his arm as reality resettled around me. I love you too, Panther. 
I was back. And this is Wobegon. knocked on the bathroom door. Is everything okay in there, Mikey? It's been over an hour. Did you take one of our pillows in there? I couldn't sleep in the bed. I groaned back. The first night after the consolidation had been difficult. Mikey Bear, please come out. I can't help you from the other side of the door, and I really have to pee. I need somewhere I can have my back against the wall, I said. Please open up, Mikey. I wasn't joking about needing to pee, he said. How about this? You go put on the coffee, and when I get done in there, we'll talk about Anne. My ears perked up. What about Anne? I asked. Oh, where she is and what we're going to do about it, he said. Anne isn't alive, is she? The Wobegon Game Runners told me that they killed her, I said. No, they told you that she wasn't a problem anymore. Open the door, Mike. Oh, Mike. Not itty-bitty Mikey Bear. He was getting short with me. He really did have to pee. I opened the door. I'm not putting on the decaf. I don't like how it tastes, I said. Looks like we're staying up all night then, Edgar said. He briskly stepped past me into the bathroom and shut the door. The pee was not a bluff. This is Wopigon. Toilets were flushed. Coffee was made. We got straight to the point. What's going on with Anne? I asked. Anne is still playing Wobegon, he said. As you know, Ryan and Cannonball work at base. They mostly answer directly to H, but I am above them in the hierarchy, so I'm not completely in the dark as to what they're up to. They're still running the game. They still have control of the game in this timeline, which probably has something to do with H's intervention to bring them into his base. What about Ty? He didn't purchase the game from Ryan this time? I asked. Unclear. Ty still has an iteration of Ryan and Cannonball in storage at the compound from when we rescued Marissa. That storage carries over across timelines. Ty could be using them to run a different instance of the game if that's what he really wanted to do. I don't think there's anything stopping him. Weirdly, the game felt more like Ty's version this time around. The game runners had masks and they wouldn't meet me in public, I said. Hmm, yeah, I don't know if they worked with Ty, but they definitely got a big do-over in this timeline. I think they learned some lessons from the metal pipe incident in Topher's apartment, Edgar said. It was an iron rod, I corrected him. We're getting off subject. Did Anne ever tell you what facility she went to after she completed her fourth challenge, he asked. She did not, I said. That was sort of a rocky period in our friendship, if I remember correctly. She killed me and lied about it and yada yada yada. I don't blame her knowing what I know now, but I was pretty hurt until around the time that she saved our asses inside of Tier 2 and we started base together, and she never brought it up after that. 
wherever it is, I'm sure that she's conducting missions like you were at Over, and now she is a vital part of the Wobegon operation. It seems like she does much more for them than you ever accomplished in Tier 1 at Over, he said. Hey, I got attacked by a bear for them, I got shot by Marissa, I shocked myself thousands of times, why am I competing to be the best Wobegon teacher's pet? I'm sure that you were a very good Wobegon player, Mikey, Edgar said, but they need her. H wanted to kill you before you even started playing Wobegon, but he needed Ryan and Cannonball on his side in order to issue the correction, and part of their demands were that you make it to over. And why would that be? It has to be Anne. They needed Anne on the hook so that she could send them something very important, whatever that is. You didn't do anything for them in this timeline. I don't think that cutting off your left arm did them much good from a technological perspective. So Anne is the only thing that brings everything together. Yeah, I didn't do anything of substance until I got to Over and stole codes and stuff for them, I said. I assumed that everything up until that point was a test to see if I was right for this job. Right, and they traded however much help you could have been with having base on their side, he said. Because who needs Mike Walters when you have Marissa, Chance, Shadow, Edgar, H, and Eagle? With H in charge and the game runners on board, Base went on missions that were based entirely on their intel. Those weren't base operations. We were acting as the enforcement arm of Wobegon. What does that mean? What were you enforcing? I asked. Mikey, we killed players who lost the game or who were falling behind, Edgar said. H was never explicit about it, but we'd get mission briefings that were oddly light on details. Those were Chris and Ryan getting their Wobegon work done. It didn't happen often, but I'm certain that we sent Chance and Shadow out to kill a Wobegon player at least a half dozen times. A chill ran down my spine. It was a nightmare. Base working for Wobegon was an actual nightmare that I had had before. I sipped my coffee. So Anne is fueling Wobegon, and Wobegon is fueling Base. Have you tried to get in contact with her? Well, the Council of Anne's won't speak to me, though I'm pretty sure they're still out there, he said. That's the point of the Council, after all. Iterate and diversify, so that no one point of failure results in everyone getting wiped out. I'm not surprised that they don't want to talk to me. This timeline is completely out of our control. They wouldn't want to interact if they didn't have to, lest they get pulled in. The one Anne that is presumably working for Wobegon at a different facility probably isn't part of the council yet. So how do we find her? I asked. Mikey, did you steal H's computer and leave it in Jamila's cabin? He asked. If Anne's location is anywhere, it is on that computer. Ryan and Toph answer directly to H and he keeps them on a tight leash. I might not know what Wobegon is up to, but H does. I did steal H's computer, that's why I had Chance take me to base, but it was out in the open in my room when Eagle came to kill that iteration, I said. Surely he noticed it and destroyed it or opened an investigation or something, right? If he noticed he didn't say anything about it, Edgar said, but he would have noticed and been suspicious of a computer in your room, especially if it looked just like H's computer. H's computer has got that green over logo sticker on the top, he would know who it belonged to. Well, it was there, why didn't he notice it? I asked. Because maybe it wasn't there, he said. I could see the gears turning in his mind. Because I'm going to sneak in and take the computer before he can notice it, before he started his cleanup. All right, uh, sounds like a plan, but you don't have a very large window to steal it in, I said. I stole it from base the night before you killed me, I think? Uh, maybe the night of, even? Sorry, it's been a few weeks and that iteration of Mikey is only half of me now. I think it might be best if I steal it during the mission, Edgar said. We're having this conversation because I noticed that you had H's computer during the mission, 
If the computer wasn't there, then I wouldn't notice, so I wouldn't have said anything. I think a future version of me is already committed to stealing it during the mission, so that intentionality tracks backwards. Hence, the computer is already gone, but I still have to take it. Is that how that works? I asked. No, it's actually much more complicated than that, Edgar said. We don't even know if intentionality is real. It's just a model that provides better results than when we don't take it into account. Do you want me to dig out the academic literature? I actually wrote a paper on this for base. No, just go get the computer, I said. I'll wait here and we can cuddle up in bed and read the paper when you get back. Oh, no, you're coming with me, Stinky, Edgar said. Stinky? Edgar, there's a man in that cabin who will kill me if he sees me, I said. He'll kill me too if he knows why I'm there, Edgar said. I need you there to shoot him if things don't go according to plan. I've been back for six hours, and we're already planning to shoot someone, I said. Good to have you back, Mikey Bear, Edgar said. We appeared behind Jamila's cabin in the dead of night on the night that Edgar and Eagle were sent to kill me. Eagle had already been tipped off about the second iteration, and he was inside of the cabin. We had to wait until the mission was over to steal the computer, because if we got there any earlier, Eagle would have been guarding the back door, and walking through the front door would add potential errors to an already complete mission by Edgar to iterate and save me. We did not want to interfere with that. This gave us precious little time to do what we needed to do. My room had been in the back of Jam's cabin, so we were able to watch events unfold through the window. We heard a gunshot from the front of the cabin, Edgar killing the other iteration of me. The second iteration had been tied up by Eagle. I watched him pull out a hunting knife and work it into my torso. Eagle was cool, calm, and collected. He told me to stay dead. I couldn't tell if that iteration could still hear him, but I could. The Edgar from that time period walked in just in time to watch me die. We watched him talk to Eagle, while my body still laid there, bloody, tied up. Eagle had a jovial nature about him. He was talking with his hands, which were covered in my blood. Edgar didn't look upset. It was hard to tell. I'm sure it was hard for him to know how to feel. Everything was going perfectly according to plan, but he did still have to look at my corpse. They spoke for a minute, and then Edgar exited the room, walked out the front door of the cabin, and transported home. That would have been when he and I transported to his cabin and he explained to me what he had done. Eagle had been left alone on cleanup duty. My room was in severe disarray. I had put up a fight and objects were scattered all over the floor. Oh, and there was a corpse in there too? Eagle likely hadn't seen the computer yet, but he would once he started tidying things up. Edgar told me that Eagle had left the cabin spotless for Jamila, and that Jamila hated that because Eagle had cleaned up all of my messes. Aw, jam. After Edgar left, Eagle immediately went to the bathroom to wash up. He was covered head to toe in my blood. Blood was even on his face from where he had absentmindedly touched it while talking to Edgar. He looked feral. He sang the clean up, clean up, everybody everywhere song from Barney as he exited my room and entered the bathroom. Now was the time to strike. Edgar opened the back door. He left it open. I stood in the open doorway with my gun trained down the hallway. If Eagle left the bathroom and headed back into my room, my orders were to shoot him. The door to my room was open. If the bathroom door opened, Edgar would have no time to hide. 
It was vitally important that I kill Eagle if he left the bathroom. We would have to figure out what to do with him after that. He couldn't stay dead, obviously. H would launch a full investigation on what happened, issue a correction, and it would probably come to light that Edgar was hiding Mike Walters. I would have to kill him and then we, unfortunately, would have to figure out how to bring him back to life. I can think of nothing more demoralizing than resuscitating Eagle. Edgar dug around in the mess that Eagle and I had made. He found the computer wedged under a chair in the corner. Eagle never would have seen it there. We were safe in that regard. He picked up the computer as well as the files that I stole from H's office. I heard the toilet flush. This is Wopigon. The door opened. I could see Eagle. I froze. Why wasn't I shooting? I wanted to shoot him, but I was paralyzed in fear. I just watched this man kill me. It felt like he had power over me. That night had been the first time that I had actually seen Eagle, since I had been iterated and transported away before he entered the cabin. I was looking at the face of the man that killed me, that enjoyed killing me, that made a comfortable evening out of killing me. He didn't see me at all. He didn't look towards the back door. Instead, he walked right back into my room. Edgar was still in there. The door was open. Edgar looked at me like a dog who was being forced to take a bath as he heard the footsteps getting closer. I still didn't shoot. Edgar threw down the computer and files, whipped out the calculator, mashed some buttons on it as quickly as he could, and transported them. It disappeared just as Eagle turned the corner into the room. I breathed a sigh of relief. No matter what happened next, we didn't get caught in the act. I hoped that Edgar had managed to send the computer where he meant to send it. Edgar touched his eye as Eagle entered the room. I wondered what he was doing. Edgar, my man, you're back. Wanted to clean up after all, Eagle joked. Edgar forced a laugh. <laughs> no, no, I, uh, I lost a contact lens? I got home and it wasn't there. I'm thinking I might have lost it in here, he said. <laughs> Did it fall out while you were crying over your little boyfriend? Eagle asked. His laughter was too much for me. <laughs> Something like that, Edgar said. Ah, well, never fear. I'll help you look for it, buddy, Eagle said. They began searching for the missing contact. They left no item unperturbed. My box of Matt's belongings was sitting on the floor. Eagle tore through it, scattering all that remained of Matt into the room. The contact lens was not in there. After a minute or two of searching, Eagle used his boot to kick over my corpse, rolling it onto its side. Sitting in the blood where my body had been was a contact lens, covered in blood. Eagle picked it up and perched it on his index finger. Found it, he proclaimed, though I'm not sure you're gonna wanna wear it now, unless you wanna be really close to your Mikey bear. I keep telling you he's not my Mikey bear. I don't remember that iteration of events, Eagle. That's just some stupid shit in a former life, Edgar said. I knew it wasn't true, but it hurt. You know I'm just picking on you, Eagle said. I know, I know, give me my contact, Edgar said. Put it in, put it in, Eagle said, handing him the contact. I'm not going to do that, Edgar said. I'll leave you to get started on cleanup, for real this time. See you in the morning, Edgar, Eagle said. And remember, I'm bringing donuts. Can't wait, Edgar said. He exited my room and then walked out the back of Jamila's cabin. Sorry, I whispered. Don't be, it worked out. He entered the coordinates on the calculator and we returned to Edgar's cabin in our time period. The computer was waiting for us when we returned, thank God. We were both relieved to see it. Edgar had entered the coordinates fast, and he didn't have time to double-check them. 
technically a triple check is part of the official base protocols because it is incredibly easy to miss a number in a long string of numbers or to accidentally switch a coordinate from positive to negative or vice versa. Flipping a positive to negative was actually how the iteration of me in this timeline sent that iteration of chance into the ocean. That spot in the ocean had exactly the opposite longitude of Jamila's cabin. Or latitude? See, this is why I let Edgar handle the calculator. Do you remember the password to H's computer? Edgar asked. I don't, but I remember what I googled in order to figure out how to find it, I said. Grab your laptop, we'll bring up a guide. And after that, I guess we find Anne. It is two in the morning, babe, he said. Let's get some sleep. I'll put the computer in the basement and we can figure that out in the morning. I slept in the bed that night, holding Edgar close to me. I sang him the song that I used to sing him before bed. I missed that, Edgar said. I did too, Panther, I said. I would squeeze him tightly any time a vision of Eagle killing me would pop into my head. After a few times, Edgar politely asked me to stop squeezing him so hard, so I tried to focus on more positive things. We had the computer, we were going to find Anne, and we were going to return to our timeline. Mike Walters was back. This is Mike Be Back. Wrong sound effect. There we go.
for its own sake. And I don't really, it's really off-putting that that urge exists in me at all. But it's not like I wanted to say anything about being spirited. Like, there's no, there's not a point. I just had this idea and then I did it. I want to push you in Severe Disarray. Severe Disarray would be a good drag name. Dibs on Severe Disarray. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.